So when was the last time your mouth got you in trouble? (laughs) Yesterday. (laughs) Have you ever said something that you wish you had not? Or have you been on the receiving end of a bitter and biting, thoughtless comment that you felt wounded and slandered? I could tell you probably thousands, if not thousands of thousands, of stories where my tongue has got me in trouble. So instead of doing that, I want to share another story of a different individual. It's a story that I read online, and a man was working in the produce department and was asked by a lady if he could buy half a head of lettuce. And he replied, half a head? Are you serious? God grows the whole heads, and that's how we sell them. She said, you mean that after all the years of me shopping here, you won't sell me half a head of lettuce? Look, he said, I'll ask the manager. She indicated that she would be appreciative. So the young man marches to the front of the store. You won't believe this, but there's some lame brain woman back there that wants to know if she can buy half a head of lettuce. Noticing the manager's gestures to stop, he turns around and sees the lady standing behind him, obviously having followed him to the front of the store. And this nice lady was wondering if she could buy the other half, he concluded. (laughs) Later in the day, the manager cornered the young man and said, that was the finest example of thinking on your feet I've ever seen. Where have you learned that? He says, I grew up in Grand Rapids, and you know anything about Grand Rapids is that they're known for great hockey teams and U-G-L-Y women. The manager's face began to turn flush, and he interrupted, my wife is from Grand Rapids. What hockey team did she play for, he said. It's interesting to consider that one of the first things that a physician does for us is is look at our mouth, examine our tongue. It's often an index of health of the rest of our body. In the same way that what is produced by the tongue, our words, it also furnishes an index of the health of our spiritual body, our heart. Matthew 12, verse 34, Jesus warns us, for out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. Every day, you and I speak thousands of words, some more than others. Some are carefully planned and selected, and and others are spoken almost impassively. Some are spoken quietly, and others are spoken with more of a volume. Some are words that are spoken with desire to help and encourage, and some with the motivation to hurt belittle, or retaliate. However, most of our words are spoken with little, if any, thought about how they will affect others. James speaks to this this morning. James tells us that the problem is both universal and continual. In two verses, he said, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Every one of us stumbles, and stumbling's embarrassing, right? 
Maybe you're like me. I do this all the time. I'm just walking. There's no one else around. There is nothing in front of me, but the carpet just reaches up and grabs me, and I stumble and fall, and I begin to, to look around if anybody saw me, and I kind of start skipping like I meant to do that. But you know, not all stumbles are just blows to our pride. Some are blows to our moral and character, and the consequences can be much worse. I think one area that we are all very likely to stumble in is the area of speech. It is our tongues that reveal the condition of our heart. It is what we say. And James makes several observations, and I want to share with you some of those. The first, he says, the tongue is small but powerful. The tongue is small in proportion to the rest of the body, but it can do great things. James uses three images to make his point in telling these. Beginning in verse 3, it talks about putting a bit in a horse's mouth that they would obey us and turn their whole body. I could see an image of this great stallion, 17 hands tall, and he's turning at his master's will by the use of just a six-inch bit in the mouth. I find horses powerful and strong, but knowing that you can control them with just a turn is amazing. Another image that, that James speaks of in his letter is that of a ship. Look at the ships. They are all so large and driven by fierce winds, yet they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Think of a mighty vessel. I had the opportunity in high school to take a sailing class. And my biggest question was, I got to go where the wind goes. How can I dictate the turns? But in learning and studying in that class, something as small can turn a giant ship so that the wind can be used to your benefit. Our words have an impact on the lives of others. James uses one more picture. He uses it in verse 5, and he says about how a great forest can light a fire. It only takes a spark. We're, I think we're well aware of forest fires right now just based on the news of what's taking place across the country. What little event, what one thing could do and spark these large fires that cause complete devastation in areas and lives being changed, homes being destroyed. The similarities between fire and tongue are hard to miss. James says that the tongue also has the power in verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member, a boast, great things. Just a few words, just a spark can cause years of heartache. So we hear that the tongue is small but powerful. Secondly, the tongue is small but dangerous. Verse 6 through 8 speak to this. In verse 6, James compares again the tongue to fire. And in verse 8, he says that the words can be like poison. Our words can even poison the minds of others. I want to share with you this nursery rhyme. I was trying to get the whole nursery rhyme of sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you, which is a complete lie. And I came across this one that I wanted to share 
I lost a little word the other day. It was a very naughty word that I had not meant to say. But then it was not really lost when from my lips it flew. My little brother picked it up and now says it too. You see, we never underestimate the power of a word to do harm. Words and, and what we speak has a physical reaction that can, that can physically hurt people. Consider a moment, I want you to consider the power of speech. When we hear a word, the physical movement that enters into our inner ear, it activates around 24,000 little nerves, which react through our limbic system and results in pituitary glands sending hormones throughout our body. Our whole entire physical system reacts when we hear words of care or condemnation. When we hear words that bring us pain or anxiety, the physical reaction, the chemical reaction that takes place takes about 72 hours to subside. Did you hear this? It takes 72 hours for words that are negative and hurtful to leave your body, the physical reaction. We wonder why some people live in a perpetual state of agitation and upset. May we never underestimate the power of the tongue to do harm. May we seek God to help us guard what we say. David prayed in Psalm 141, verse 3, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. The Lord has to give you the power to control your tongue. So we hear that the tongue is small and powerful. We hear that the tongue is small but dangerous. But the tongue is also small but revealing. James tells us not only that we sin by what we say, but what we say reveals how sinful we are. In verse 9, he says, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the image of God. Out of the same mouths come blessing and curse. Shouldn't it bother us? that we can be praising God. Hearing a beautiful song, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Singing morning has broken. We can praise God right here in this sanctuary and less than an hour we can be cursing the driver that just cut out in front of us because if you don't know, the students are back. (laughs) Not that they are at fault. (laughs) We should listen, listen carefully to ourselves, and then we should determine to do something about what we hear. In verse 11, James compares our tongue to a fountain. Does it spring forth both fresh water and bitter from the same opening? This is not possible. It can never happen that a spring experiences both this fresh water and salt at the same time, but out of the same tongue comes blessing and curse. James compares the tongue to that of a tree. Can a fig tree bear olives and a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt and fresh water. 
In this letter that James has written, we don't experience a conclusion from his illustrations. Because to us, the conclusion should be pretty obvious. What James is saying is that the tongue only reveals what is at its source. He stated it plainly. Jesus tells us as well in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 43, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from the bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good, and an evil one out of the evil treasure of their heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to understand that if we speak long enough, we will say something that we should not have said. I think that's a reason why some of us do not speak as much as others. Proverbs 10 verse 19 says, In the multitude of words, their sin is not lacking, but those who restrain their lips are wise. There's several truths that we need to embrace when we begin to speak. The first is never say anything about someone that you would not say to their face. This begins to dig a little deep, doesn't it? Never say anything about someone that you would not say to their face. Maybe never say anything about someone unless they are able to respond. And finally, refuse to to listen to someone else gossip. Oh, that's hard. I love stories, and I love hearing about people's lives. And too often, a story and people's lives are perfect realm for gossip. But maybe we should be wise to hear what gossip does. There's a story told of a person who lives in um, the Highland village of Scotland. He passed along a story about another man from whom he did not care about. And the story he thought to be true, when the story got around the village, it utterly destroyed the man. His family, his job, his integrity, all were devastated. And he had to leave town a ruined and defeated man. As you might have guessed, and what happens most of the time is the fellow who passed the story along found out that the story was not true. The rumor was false. And he had helped destroy an innocent man with his tongue. So he goes to his pastor and he asks, and he says, what can, I be, what can be done, what can I do to be forgiven of this sin? The pastor told the man that it wasn't that simple He told him to take a bag of feathers and to place one in front of every yard of every house in the village. And although the man thought this was a strange request for the pastor to make, he really wanted forgiveness, so he followed the instructions in the letter. And he came back to the pastor and he said, I've done what you have asked. Can I be forgiven now? May I experience this forgiveness? And the pastor says, not yet, my son. The pastor replied, You must first retrace your steps and bring it back to me, every feather you placed in the village. But pastor, he said, I could never do that. The wind has carried the feathers far away. Yes, said the pastor. And in any like manner, your careless words destroyed 
an innocent man. You see, there are two thoughts to this. Thoughts unexpressed may fall back dead, but even God can't destroy those words after they are said. James, in this passage, concludes that the tongue, it cannot be tamed except, as is a metaphor of the ship, except the rudder which determines the course by the pilot of the ship. Look at the ships, he says. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a small rudder whenever the pilot desires. You see, we are the pilots and our tongues are the rudders that determine the course of our lives and the lives of others. If we are able to control our tongues of what we speak, James suggests that we have a strong degree of maturity in our relationship to Christ. Jesus Christ is the master pilot who can work in our hearts to pilot the rudders of our tongues. That leads us to the other point. The key to taming the tongue is to bring our lives completely under the lordship of Jesus Christ. To listen to what God is speaking and teaching us. I'd like to try an an experiment with, with you, if you will. We're going to exercise choice to make a decision and then watch the power of our words that cause a physical reaction. Thousands of, of neural circuits will be engaged as we do this. So repeat after me. I love you. I love you. Marvelous. Y'all did great. Now repeat my words. I hate you. There's a good bit of hesitation there. Praise God. But do you see it? We are entrusted with great power. We are given a gift that can create and it can destroy. We can build up or we can tear down with this gift. Do you remember that one of the strongest warnings Jesus ever has given, has ever issued, has to do with the matter of how we use our speech? Listen from Matthew 12, verse 36. As I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. Why is this so important to Jesus? The fact is, our power of speech is very close to the issue of our being made in the image of God. Word is powerful. We can draw people to love God with our speech or we can push them away. We are inviting people to this place to come and experience God and worship. But too often our words that happen out in the real world will push people further away than the love of God can bring them in. We can set the course of a child's life with careless words. We can also turn to a young person and turn them around in their life with a positive, nourishing word. There's a hymn that was written in 1872 that I'd like to share with you as I begin to close today. It says, Lord, speak to me that I may speak in living echoes of thy tones. 
As thou hast sought, so let me seek thy erring children lost and lone. Oh, teach me, Lord, that I may teach the precious things thou dost impart and wing my words that they may reach the hidden depths of many a heart. May our words speak love. May our words bring people in to the love of God. As you go, I want you to ask yourself some very simple questions before you speak. Is what I'm about to say true? Is what I'm about to say necessary? And is what I'm about to say helpful? And as you do so with the love of God in your heart, we will open up words to people to experience the love of God and to know that we speak from his heart. Let us pray. God, we invite you now to guide our words, that we would speak words of love, that we would be convicted and challenged by the words that we have proclaimed. And may we seek forgiveness of those we have wronged. God, we know that you forgive us. But Lord, when words of hurt are proclaimed, it's so hard to retract from those who hear. Guide us now. Take our hand. Lead us and let us stand in your great love as we proclaim your precious love in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.